happy Monday, everybody. Everybody. Welcome to the second Sharp Tongue Podcast. There, I got the name in the first 10 seconds. Last time it took me an hour to get there. This time I got it right off the bat. How about that? Welcome. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Twice in two minutes. Uh, It's Monday and I am here. I just landed. It's... 10 o'clock in the morning, I think that's what the clock says. I just landed from Columbus, Ohio. O-H-I-O. I uh, had shows there all weekend. And I took, I I, I had to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to catch a flight back here. And I feel like I'm delirious. Um, It was a wonderful weekend of shows. Thank you for everybody who came out to the Funny Bone and to the guy who did the Columbus OHIO chant in the middle of my set. I really appreciated that. OHIO, 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 go Bucks. Screamed it in the middle of my show. I, uh, I appreciated the, the local pride. <laughs> uh, what has been going on? It's been a week since my, since my first podcast. Uh, a butthole bleach update maybe you guys want. Some people have been messaging me about the butthole bleach. I don't think it's working. <clears throat> I, I don't think I, 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 my butthole isn't any wider. I don't know if my butthole can get any wider at this point. Um, it's more, I, I want to call it butthole beach because it's just sandy colored. It's not white. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, is it going to make my, am I going to look like a porn star? That's. I'm trying to get a porn star butthole. If, it, if anyone's ever seen a porn star butthole, they just, they just, they're pretty. They're pretty, and I, it's unrealistic, really. So you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to continue, but I feel like I'm, I'm worried about the, the shades that my butthole is going to turn, the colors that, it's, that, that it could possibly turn. Who knows? I, don't even, I didn't even look into the chemicals. Who knows what's even in this little packet? So I'll, but I'm, I'll do it for a couple more days. We'll see. Maybe next Monday something miraculous will happen with my butthole. <laughs> Oh, what else happened? Easter happened. Uh, That was a week ago, right? About a week ago. Um, I went to San Diego to visit my cousin, and we had a lot of fun. We went to Easter brunch, and these people were, her and her friends were crazy. They tailgated in the parking lot of the restaurant before going in to the restaurant. They tailgated for brunch. (laughs) We went to the grocery store. We got like six bottles of, of champagne. I bought a paddle ball. I was like, oh, we're tailgating? Okay, just for brunch. Well, I'm down. Let's get some cheese. We got a little crudite. We got some chips. Popped open her trunk, and we played paddle ball in the parking lot of a restaurant in San Diego, and it was delicious. They had all-you-can-eat crab legs. I felt really bad about all the wasteful food. We don't even think about that. We just, we gorge on food. We're such gluttonous Americans. We just shove food in our face. We don't even consider all the waste that, that happens after we eat. I, I left like a whole crab. I think a whole crab and a whole family of crabs. I couldn't even finish it. All you can eat buffet. Horrible, but it was delicious. We went in there wasted and stuffed our faces like kings and queens. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. And then uh, on the drive, I brought both my dogs with me, Fozzie and Carlin. We stayed in a hotel together. 
Carlin is my boxer pit bull mix. And Fozzie, as everybody knows, is my five-pound Mexican asshole chihuahua. Both I adopted. Uh, We stayed in the hotel. And then I was driving back Easter night, Sunday night, to L.A. And Fozzie usually chills in his little travel bag. Just because it's safer for him because he's a fucking maniac. He tries to crawl all over the front of the car and tries to, like, commit dog aside out the window. He wants to smell all the smells. And Carlin just sleeps in the back seat. He's very easy. So I'm driving, and I start to smell something. And I thought Fozzie was farting. And I'm like, that I can deal with that. Um, and then the smell just got more pungent and thicker in the car. And I rolled down the windows. That didn't help. And then I realized that Fozzie had shat in his bag, in his little travel crate, had crapped all over himself in there. And and then in my mind, I'm like, I can make it home. You know, I didn't want him to sit in his shit, but I wanted to get him home so I could clean him. You know, I, I didn't know where to pull over. So I'm like, well, we're, we're close. We're about half an hour away. He's going to sit in his shit for a little bit longer. I'm going to clean him up. And then I'm going to reconsider my life choices about buying dogs, about getting dogs. <laughs> Do I really need animals is what went through my mind. And then Carlin started to make a noise from the back seat. He was going, and I look in the rearview mirror, and he's retching all over the back seat. Both my dogs got car sick, both of them. And at that moment, I really was like, all right, are animals necessary? Do I really need them right now? Because I am in a vomit and crap cloud in this car right now. So I had a pullover, and of course, Leave it to my luck. I pull over in the most desolate, scary, uh, like New Jersey ghetto looking area. I felt like I was in the worst parts of uh, New Jersey that you could ever find in your life. And I was in L.A., but it looked like New Jersey. Um, And I pull over on the side of the road and Carlin and Fozzie get out of the car and they just unload all over the side of the road and I I cried I'm not gonna lie I definitely shed about two minutes of tears thinking I couldn't handle it (laughs) things like that are so much easier to deal with when you have like a boyfriend or a friend or a girlfriend to help you because you don't feel as panicked as I did thinking I wasn't going to be able to do this how am I going to clean up all this crap and vomit I don't even have anything to use to clean it up with luckily I did I had a underwear my un- I used my underwear and t-shirts you do what you got to do people okay you might think I'm disgusting maybe I'm just MacGyver so I just freaked out that that really sucked I was like I don't know if I need animals because at least babies grow out of that you know they learn to let to communicate to you that they're gonna vomit they don't just open up in your back seat but I don't know what happened they, then they were fine and the dogs were cool. We got home and they were all good. <laughs> Damn. I just got Carlin back today. He gets, he has a dog sitter that he goes with. I hardly see my dog, Carlin, because Fozzie travels with me. I miss Carlin. I got him back today and um, I was walking into my apartment door and I noticed my neighbor outside of their door. They, and this is inside the apartment building. They have lion statues. In the hallway, in the communal hallway, they have lion statues, two of them, 
Fozzie, calm down. I'm trying to do a podcast. Shut the fuck up. They have two lion statues outside of their apartment door. If that's not somebody with, like, a wishful thinking, I, I don't know who is. They're like, you know what? We're going to own a castle one day, but for right now we have this studio apartment, so we're just going to have to decorate it up and imagine the best and hope for the best. <laughs> I don't even know who they are, but I want to put a llama statue outside of my apartment and be like, what? What are you going to do? I, c- I come in peace. You guys got those aggressive, lo- those aggressive lion statues. I'm going to have a llama statue. How about that? They must be Greek. Greek people always have those crazy statues in their front yards. <laughs> well, if they're Greek, then I'll probably start dating them because you guys know how I am. I love those Greek boys. What else happened this week? I got dental work done. I taped, you guys probably saw that I was on at midnight last week. Well, the day before that, I was on at midnight last Tuesday, and the day before that, I thought it was a good idea to book a dental appointment to get two fillings done. I had two cavities, uh, and to get two older cavities replaced because they were mercury and breaking down, and I didn't want to have mercury poisoning. And then I also had a tooth pulled, which I posted a picture of because it looked like a fucking fossil. If anyone wants to see what I'm talking about, Go to my Twitter page, go to my Instagram, go to my Facebook fan page, and find the tooth fossil that came out of my head. It literally looks like a dinosaur bone. I couldn't believe this thing came out of my skull. I'm kind of embarrassed, I have to be honest. (laughs) But the doctor, the dentist gave me a prescription for a sedative. Now, I don't take anything. You know, I've, I've never done any hardcore drugs in my life. I smoke pot, I like red wine and tequila. That's about it. I don't really take Tylenol. I'm not on birth control. Hey, fellas, come on over. Um, I haven't been on birth control in 10 years. I don't trust all these narcotics and these this medicine, this Western medicine. I just don't trust it. So she gave me a prescription for sedatives. I took it an hour before the scheduled appointment. Justin, my manager, came and picked me up. And I could barely make it down to the car. It, 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 hit, it kicked in so fast by the point I got, by the time I got to his car, he looked at me. He was like, what the fuck? I had a roll of paper towel in my hand and nail polish remover. And he was like, what's that for? And I said, the dental appointment. And he said, okay, okay. <laughs> and then I, I, I was shaking my head because I could feel my brain moving from side to side every time I shook my head. And, you know... Justin, working in the industry he does with a bunch of comedians, thought it was a good idea to take a video of me, which has like 30,000 views on my Facebook page of me shaking my head, asking if he can feel it. (laughs) And, you know, I go, so I go to the dentist and she looks at me when I walk, I couldn't, I couldn't even walk up the stairs. He had to like, he had to walk me up to the dental appointment. I walk in, and she was like, did you just take one pill? I was like, yeah, bitch. I took one pill, and I am flying high. Let's do this. And uh, she was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll take care of her. They, they dig into my face. I didn't feel a thing. I was awake. I didn't feel a 
thing. I was trying to have conversations with her when she was digging in my mouth. They had to hold my head down when they pulled my tooth out. Oh, God, what a hor- what a horrible job to choose to do. What a horrible career to dig into people's mouths and yank things out. You're just, dr- you're like, it's like a mouth mechanic. You're just, something's always wrong. It's never good. You're always going to be digging in there and finding rotten dinosaur teeth. I ordered a cheeseburger at one point because I was so loopy. I was taking selfies. It was I was a disaster. I, I tagged the dentist office that I was at in one of my pictures. I think it was a picture of the tooth. And Girl Code fans showed up to the dentist office. When I walked out, I had gauze in my face. My, my cheeks were swollen because she had just dug into them like she was looking for a, a rare dinosaur bone, and she fucking found it. She yanked it out of my face. And three girls were waiting there to take photos with me. So to those three girls, if you're listening, where's the photo? I want to see what I looked like. <laughs> I have seen my selfies, but I want to see from your perspective how messed up I was. <clears throat> they were like, we love you on Girl Code. And my manager was like, oh, dear God. Did you tag where you were? Maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do. So I did all that the day before I had to do At Midnight. And I was still a little loopy the day I taped At Midnight, which is a great show. If you haven't seen it, it's on Comedy Central. It's Chris Hardwick's show. So much fun. My favorite show to tape. I love it. I uh, was still a little loopy. And um, to all those people who said my laugh was annoying, well, maybe I was still on cloud nine from the sedative. I'm sorry I was laughing so hard during a show, during a comedy show. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the entertainment industry, and it was a fun time. I'm sorry that you heard my bird cackle laugh. Not all of us are perfect, okay? I'd like to hear your laughs. Everybody just sounds like a Disney princess when they're laughing. <laughs> okay? I've got a cackle. It's horrific. I'm aware of this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but, but Columbus was a fun time. I, I, the, the shows were packed. Damn, they came out. I, I appreciate everybody who came out to my shows in Columbus. That was so much fun. Um, I panicked because I realized I forgot to pack bras. I've never, I, I, I never forget any. I, I remembered to pack my Preparation H suppositories. Because I have a little hemorrhoid on my butt. And uh, it looks like a little chickpea. It's like a li- He's like perched right on my butthole. I, I named him Michael Phelps. Because he looks like he's like an Olympic swimmer ready to dive into a pool. Cute little guy. Anyways, I travel with Preparation H suppositories. I'm single. Uh, didn't forget those. Forgot my bras. So, I'm a total disaster. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then I went to Marshall's to buy bras. I left with six T-shirts, a Buddha head, a decorative Buddha head, a mermaid that sits on a bookshelf, and, uh, like, two different purses. I forgot the bras. I had to go back the next day and get bras. Marshall's is is a wormhole of of credit card debt. <laughs> you go in there, and it's just, I need this. I need that. I love Marshalls. Oh, my God, I love Marshalls. But I got my bras. I was all good. The gr- I supported the girls. They were tucked up in there. Fozzie was with me, trying not to die. He has heart disease. I think I said that in the first podcast. I don't know if anyone has a dog with heart disease, but it is 
a horrible thing to deal with. It's like they're dying a slow death. He's on 12 pills a day, so he, he chills with me in the hotel room. I give him pills in the morning. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm enabling an addict with all the me- medicine that this dog is on. He's been on more medicine than I ever have in my whole life. He wakes up in the middle of the night and hacks because of his heart disease. He, uh, he has this horrible cough that wakes me up almost every night. I'd say since last June, since I found out he was really sick, he's coughed every single night. So I haven't gotten a full night's sleep since his diagnosis. And, uh, Basically, I'm just working to support him now because the medical bills, the vet bills are so high. That's a job to have. To be a veterinarian, I feel like they just make up prices because they can. It's like a mechanic. If you don't know anything about a car, yeah, it, it, yeah $137,000 to change your, your windshield washer fluid. 100%. $137,000. It's, it's standard. You have no idea. I go in for a regular check with him, a checkup at the vet, and I leave, and it's $1,200. And then I'm calling Justin for him to book me gigs just so I can keep this dog alive. (laughs) But I love him. I love him. You got to do what you have to do. He's my kid. And Carlin just is healthy as all hell with his moose farts. This is my family, me, Fozzie Bear, and Carlin. Carlin doesn't come with us because he's too big, but these are my kids. Um, what else has happened this week? Uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, that's right, and uh, her mom, Taylor Swift's mom is diagnosed with cancer, which is horrible. Um, I'm just waiting for, like, Kanye to be like, yo, my Uncle Rick had the best cancer of all time, just, like, ruining her news. He probably just does it. It just ruins everything for Taylor Swift. <laughs> She's going to have a baby. And he's like, yo, everybody else had the best baby of all time. What an asshole. But that's horrible. That's, that's tough to deal with. I don't know why I'm talking about Taylor Swift's mom having cancer, but I feel like she can maybe write a song about it. Make her feel better. My sister called me. When I, when I was on the road this weekend, my sister called me because she went to go see Ron White. I think he was performing in Albany. And she called me and said the feature for Ron White knew who I was. And this was after my gig. I had two gigs, and she called me, so I was already tired. But she was like, the feature knows who you are. If you don't know what a feature is for a comedy show, it's a person who opens up for the headliner. So she goes, you want to talk to him? And I said, uh, sure, yeah, why not? And she puts him on the phone, and I knew who he was. And then him and I are just chatting up. Uh, his name is Vic Henley. He's uh, out of New York. Not from New York, but he, he's uh, based in New York City. And we're just chatting, and then he says, oh, there's something going on. There seems to be an altercation. I have to go deal with this. And hangs up the phone. Uh, and then... My sister sends me a text message saying she got into a fight with Ron White. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's from the um, Blue Collar Tour with Jeff Foxworthy and uh, the other dude in the flannel shirt, Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) Sends me a text message that she got into a fight with Ron White. And I was like, 
please tell me you're lying. What the hell happened? Apparently, she was with this kid, Matt, who's like 22 years old, who's a huge Ron White fan. Apparently, Emily went up to get a photo with Ron White. Emily's my sister. She went up to get a photo with Ron, took a photo with her, chatted with her, and then Matt went up to take a photo with him, and Ron told him he doesn't take photos with guys. And Matt walked away with his tail between his legs, and his dad was there as well. And so his dad went up to talk to Ron White about it, and then from what I understand, Ron White didn't really appreciate that, and his security guard who had a mullet, put Matt's dad in a headlock and punched him in the head. Uh, all because Ron White didn't want to take a photo with a guy. But he took a photo with my sister. I mean, obviously, she's got 36C boobs. She's got great boobs. You know, I don't blame him for taking a photo with her. But if this is true, Ron White, you're a fucking asshole. You don't take pictures with guys, and then you have your mullet security guard jack people up when they ask you about it I mean I'm a comedian and and I understand that you're more successful in a different part of your career but the fans are the ones that made you successful dude if this is your MO that's pretty shitty that's real shitty man I hope that's not the case I hope everybody was just drunk and and acting out of order. But, you know, I talked to my sister afterwards, and she wasn't drunk. And uh, it just sounded like you were an asshole. That's, that, that's just really unfortunate, you fucking dick. Why don't you, uh, why don't you call me up, and we can settle this <laughs> the old school way. I'll drink you under the table, you bucktooth son of a bitch. Well, I want to know what, the real, what really happened there. You know, I, I believe my sister, and uh, I would like to hear your side of the story, Ron White. Do you have Do you have anything to say? Are you going to be like Cosby and keep quiet, <laughs> even though it's totally different? I'm not saying what you did was as bad as what Cosby did, but still, I just want to know. Just tell me. Send me an email. Fucking crazy. I was like, you, you got into a fight with Ron White? What is happening right now? My God. Uh... But it's, you know, it, it gets crazy after comedy shows sometimes. You, you, you never know what's going to happen. Fans sometimes can be crazy, but you got to just grin and bear it. I've had some weird dudes come up to me, want to marry me, want to know where hotel I'm staying at, and I always tell them, and I've been divorced four times. No, I'm just kidding. I've never been married. But that's, that comes with the territory. You just got to know how to handle it. I would think somebody of your stature and where you're at in your career could handle it at this point, but maybe not. Maybe you're tired. Maybe it's time to hang up the cigar. I don't know. I want to know. I want to know the situation. Comedy's tough, man. And uh, I actually, on this episode, I interview one of my comedy friends, Marcella Arguello. Tall, crazy, Lebanese, Salvadorian stand-up comedian that she is. Um, her and I have been through some crazy stuff doing shows together. I met her in uh, Sacramento. She opened for me in Sacramento. And at that time, she had just lost her father to cancer. More cancer. Uh, <laughs> um, and I felt I felt really bad for her. You know, it was a really hard time f for her to go through. And she continued to do stand-up comedy to try and get through that tough time. And I liked to work with her, so I, I used her a lot. I worked her a lot on the road. 
And I just like having her around, man. She's 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 great. She keeps me grounded. Uh, I respect her. She drives me crazy. Uh, but she has the best weed. Her weed is unreal. Uh, I, I think it's like grown in somebody's backyard. It's it's amazing weed. <laughs> One time we got so high at my house. We were so high. Uh, we were watching some reality show and I'm always hungry when I when I smoke weed. I don't smoke weed a lot, but when I do, I, I get very starving. And so I had a pizza in my fridge that I had ordered earlier that day that I ate. And while I was eating that pizza, I ordered another pizza because I was so high. <laughs> and I offered some to Marcella when the pizza came and she didn't want any. And I was like, are you crazy? We, we're dazed and confused right now and you're too good for pizza? She's like, no, I don't eat that. And then I was like, okay. And so I ate the whole pizza. And then I went to get to some Cheez-Its because the two pizzas wasn't enough. They're not huge pizzas. I'm not exaggerating. They're like these smaller pizzas, but I did eat them both myself. Um, I know if you guys know me, I'm a skinny bitch, but, you know, I, I can I can put food away. Um, and so I started to get into some Cheez-Its, and then this bitch wants to come around and get some food. She's like, oh, can I have some Cheez-Its? Oh, now you want some food. Now you want some Cheez-Its, like a crazy person. So I threw the bag of Cheez-Its at her because she was sitting on the couch. And it landed upside down and all the Cheez-Its <laughs> spilled all over her <laughs> and the couch. And we were so high, we just laughed about that for about 15 minutes. And then I, and then I just scooped up the Cheez-Its and put them on into the bag and then handed it to her. And she ate the whole bag of Cheez-Its. We're single. We're single and ready to mingle. <laughs> oh, she's amazing, man. She uh, she's a really fun opener. You should check her out. Check her out on Insta, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find people these days. Check her out. Follow her. Um, she opened for me when I did the Brea Improv, which is when my dad came and did jokes. When he visited me in L.A., he came and did show, jokes at the Brea Improv. And afterwards, when the show was over, Marcel and I were in the green room and just talking about how great it was to have my dad do jokes. And she, you know, she started to get emotional because it made her think of her father. And she's like, you know, it, it's just I really miss my dad, but it's so nice that you have this moment with him and, and are able to share what you love and do for a living with your father. I think that's really special. So we just had this like sweet little moment in the green room together and uh it was pretty special man it was you know one of those things where and I mentioned this in the interview that I do with her that certain people come into your life and they make you realize or make you appreciate things that maybe you're taking for granted and I not that I've ever really taken my father for granted but I definitely now appreciate having him around more and sort of savor those moments more because of the fact that you know one day he'll be gone and so it, it just she's a she's a great friend of mine she's been just somebody who's really opened my eyes to life and comedy and uh you know a lot of things that you sort of take for granted when you start to do this career and you get lost because you're traveling all the time and you know, everyone's just telling you how great you are and you're so funny. You need somebody to keep you grounded and to, you know, really keep you on your toes. And she's that person for me. Um, 
in this interview that we did together was actually when she was opening for me in Tempe, Arizona, at the Tempe Improv, which was such a fun weekend. Oh, my God, we, have such, we had such a fun weekend. Uh, we, we did the podcast. We were a little tipsy by the pool at the hotel we were staying at. And uh, I apologize because there is some ambient noise. We're near the airport. The DJ decided to play Forrest Gump's soundtrack. I don't know what, wh- what the music was, but it sounded like it was Forrest Gump's soundtrack. So you might hear Aretha Franklin and airplanes in the background, but I think it provides a nice little ambiance for the interview. Um, and, you know, she's just she's a dope person. I mean, people say she's a bitch, and uh, I'm here to tell you that she is. We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. I'm still a little hungover. I mean, I'm going to be hungover for a week after this weekend. We're drinking right now. We're, We're drinking, drinking right now. Bloody Marys. What time is it? 11 a.m.? 11 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Mary time, if you ask me. Bloody Mary time. It's definitely Bloody, Bloody Mary, Mary time. o'clock. We took it easy last night at the Tempe Improv. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I had half a beer. I had two. Or no, two halves. I had two halves. That's two a whole beer. beer. That's yeah. one beer. But it was two different beers. <laughs> um, we, we raged the other night. Dude. What? I mean, the, it was uh, it was our fault because you were like, we're going to drink. And we just had it set in our mind. We did have it set in our minds, but it was also like, I mean, when I say when I tell someone and I tell another adult friend of mine that I'm going to drink, that usually means like, <laughs> I'm probably going to be on my own. I'm going to become an alcoholic and you're probably going to have to take care of me. <laughs> I'm going to be at a booth no, I by myself. that you matched up with me. You were like, all right, let's do it. Oh, you yeah, like, no, I, bu- I buckle put, up. You, put, you fucking put the money down and you were ready to I was like, let's do this tequila. <laughs> I was ready. You were like, full, full house. <laughs> In so many ways, full house. In so many ways, full house. It was I really just, you know, funny. I, I don't have, I don't have a lot of friends that are like that. Oh, I don't have a lot of friends that can hang either. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of people can drink the way we drink. And we're skinny bitches. And we're skinny bitches. Dude, and I didn't eat very well before we, like, you had a meal before you drank. Yeah, I ate I like had a like trucker. pretzel. Yeah, you ate, you ate like Remember? a Because like I was like, because in my head I was like, oh, I'll order something later. And then I completely forgot. And the next thing I knew we were fucking taking Do you know what you shots. ordered later? 37 shots of tequila. <laughs> See, this is a pro- this is not even a problem because girls come out to the shows and they know that I love tequila and they put it in my face. Dude, their fans are insane. They're so nuts. They're nuts. They they're just, great. They're yeah, they're fun. In the best way possible, nuts. They're fun. But I mean, how many tequila shots were brought over Dude, to our we fight? Did so face? many tequila shots. And then that one girl brought the SoCo lime like it was 1995. I was puking lime green for <laughs> 15 hours. That's not even an exaggeration. No, that's not an exaggeration. You were literally puking. For for 15 hours. It was ridiculous. I don't even remember the Uber ride. We. W- <laughs> What Uber ride? <laughs> <laughs> you were so polite to the Uber driver, though, because you felt nauseous. I mean, Remember okay, what you, told you know, him? I'm a pro when it comes to drinking. You're so a pro and you're a lady. And I'm a lady. So if I know that I'm going to be vomiting, I'm going to say, excuse me, can we pull the car over so I can puke out the door? <laughs> I'm puke out the window like a monster. If you're an amateur puking out the window. You're like some pig. Yeah. <laughs> I had my, you know what? One of my, one of my, I mean, my best friend, one time we took my mom's car out. We were, I mean, we were adult women. We weren't underage by any means. We were adult women. <laughs> and, like, we, we took the car out. And when it, and then I came home. And then in the morning, she was like, "Did so you and Diana drink last night? And I was like, what? I mean, yeah, maybe. She goes, yeah, because there's puke on the side of my door. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Bob. Oh. <laughs> One of my really good friends, Erin, uh, she we, we used to go out in New York and take cabs like d- between the bars, and she would just puke right out the side of the car, the cab, and be ready to go. That's crazy. Just like dump a, dump some vomit and be ready for round two. I mean, you got it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Irish Mexican chick. She didn't mess around. Oh, I me. Mean, we don't mess around. No, I mean I'm when you Latina. get that mixture in there, in your ethnicity. I'm a, I'm a Lebanese Salvadorian. Damn, that sounds so hot. I, I can tolerate the heat and I can tolerate the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you were you were vomiting all day. I mean, but I tolerated them through the night. <laughs> I didn't even last the whole night. I was puking. I know. At like midnight. And your room was pitch black. You're like one of those people that just shuts your blinds. Your hotel room, it looked like a womb. I was drunk. I mean, I was so hungover. I mean, I was still drunk in the morning. You were. You were drunk when I came to your hotel door. I was like, I I delivered you a smoothie. What a a sweetheart angel you are. (laughs) You're an angel. I felt it was the least I could do for shoving liquor in your face all night. Your fans are (laughs) so insane. All they do is buy us tequila shots. Mm. Don't even question How can we forget? You are such an asshole. I, like, this is why whoa, you and whoa, I whoa, are going to be friends. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Can I? I'm going like, to go to the pool. We're trying to get comfortable here. Um, you're such an asshole. This is why you and I are going to be friends forever. You, There was a guy that came up to you at the bar. I said he looked like Sir Paul McCartney. You said Bruce Jenner. He looks like Bruce Jenner. We'll find a happy medium. Bruce and, and McCartney. Bruce McCartney. Paul Sir Bruce Jenner. McCartney. Sir Paul Jenner. Sir Paul Jenner. <laughs> He had a he had a Under Armour onesie on. Oh my god! And like a a, a blowout. There was he was one of those people that like, you know you can't really look at him because his face is so messed up from whatever work he's done. Yeah, what is he? He his definitely had work done like to his face. To the to the nines, just overdone for an old man. And then his outfit is just so ridiculous. Like you don't you can't you really have to look at them only in the eye. You're just like you I can't look anywhere else. You can't because you'll crack up laughing. You, and you, you feel just, bad. You feel bad. And you're trying to figure out what like is because he a serial like, killer? Yeah, he's just lonely. But is he? he made the mistake of going to the bathroom and leaving his cell what phone. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. He made the mistake of doing that, and you uh, took his cell phone. I d- I, yeah, I took his cell phone. And you logged and in. into his Facebook. And what did you put on his Facebook page? I pu- well, I tried. This is what the intention was. drunk we were. <laughs> the intention was to write, I'm blackout drunk and I miss my wife. There's a lot of misspelling going on. I was, I was definitely blackout <laughs> drunk, too. He was coming back as you were typing that, and you were so committed to getting this post up that you kept, t- he was like behind you when you were done typing. And he didn't even notice. He didn't, he still hasn't, you said you checked it, anyone post? Oh, and then, I, I didn't just check it that night, I checked it the next day, he had already put another post up, it was like him and his mother, like a really <laughs> old woman, and he had no idea that that post was even there. See, this is Because why nobody liked it or commented nobody on it. Nobody liked or commented on it, that's how sad that is, that he made a comment about being blackout drunk and missing his wife, and no one even mentioned, and he didn't even see it. And then he went out with his mom. The next day, he take, took her to run errands. <laughs> <laughs> you should add him. I was tempted to, and then I was just like, no. He he was just, it was just such a sad energy. He really loved you, though. He's like, how do I get a hold of you? I'm like, email. Give her your email. My, he kept touching my back. Oh, God. The lower back oh grab. God. So there's just, just like. He just saw another transsexual and was just like, let's do it. <laughs> I went to a Disney World one time, and I just you made me think of, like, creepy contact, physical contact. Grosses me out sometimes. And I went to Disney World, like, five years, six years ago, and Mickey Mouse shook my hand and fingered my palm Ew. with his little fat glove. 
He was like, oh, I'm Mickey Mouse. And like, I'm Mickey. Fingered my palm. I looked at him. I like, I wanted to go right in the eye hole because, you know, that's like where they yeah, can. Yeah, I know. Or the mouth hole is usually where their eyes are in those masks and just be like, you're a fucking pervert. You pedophile. You're a pedophile. They hire pedophiles at Disney World. How do they not? That's who only, that's who applies. <laughs> <laughs> that's who wants the job. Hey, hi. I mean, come on. Oh, my God. Oh, this is a great song. Can you guys, I don't Why know if you, so we're going to find out after if you guys can hear the music. Burning over here. Marcella's got a thousand towels over her right now. And these are strangers' towels. I know, there filthy. could be like juicy balls all over them. I don't care. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nasty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, Thursday was crazy. Thursday was crazy. We took it easy last night. Yeah, we What's today? Saturday? Night. Oh, what about the band we heckled? Oh my god, we heckled the band at Copper Blues. Copper Blues. There was a band playing behind the beer taps. That was interesting. That we was have really a stage weird. stage behind the bar. Yeah. It's kind of intense. But they were really good. They were, they were, they were playing covers, and then the, the lead singer yells out, You guys want to hear original? And Marcella yells back, No! <laughs> you yelled back, No! <laughs> Listen, I was. They asked a question. It's a yes or no question. That's <laughs> what I said too. It's we don't yes want to no hear question. it. We don't want to hear your original music. Your almost original music, Sam Smith looking <laughs> motherfucker. We had the little curl. His little curl. Oh God, his he little. Was too serious. His for little his own curl. Good. It was like a style wait, wait. curl. And then the next day, yesterday, the managers t- told us that that the bassist was like, "Tell that girl that the comedy show is next door." Oh, the and one, then <laughs> and then they told him that you were the head. Ah, that she's the headliner, <laughs> the one that I sexually harassed. Yeah, I told him I wanted to make babies with him. He was just trying to play his baseline. Oh my god, he was his sexual chocolate. Oh, he was cute. I'm about that swirl life. Me too. All about the swirl. You know I love the swirl. I've never been with a black dude. What? Never. Is that a fact? It's you a like fact. white boys. You love white boys. I mean, I like assholes, and just the ones I've happened to date have oh, been dude, white. Oh, dude, you got it. Get you a Jamaican. Those are the supreme assholes. I mean, is this like a uh, is is Air Force There's One a, flying yeah. over our heads? We got Credence Clearwater Revival in the back. <laughs> we got, we got a little American Airline <laughs> driving Creedence over us. Clearwater. We're, very, we're in Arizona. <laughs> this is a very American moment we're having. It is a real, and we're drinking Bloody Marys, Bloody Marias. Mm. No, you I should have a Budweiser for that moment. Oh, we should have had a. Oh yeah, my we God, we mm. say Dayo. It's a great song. I have this disgusting bruise in my leg. I just saw it. Anyways, <coughs> um, I should get a Jamaican boyfriend. No, no, they'll never be your boyfriend. They're lunatics. Well, then why are you trying to hook me up because with a Jamaican? You want to fuck a black guy, and you want a jerk? Go for a Jamaican. Jer- jerk chicken. Oh, they are great. I want just like. They can be terrible in bed though, because they're so misogynistic. <laughs> Jamaicans? Yeah. They hump the way they dance. Which is can be good, but then it's, it's also like, oh, you don't care about making a woman happy. See, that's the problem. A lot of guys don't care about that. I know. Just the ones that I've been involved with. I mean, because also when you find one that, that does, you're like, oh, you're a gem. And then there's like some and stipulation. There's something, yeah, there's some issue. Your mind's out of state. That's or they're the married. Is. Or they're married or they have some weird creepy thing going on. Or a teacher or something. <laughs> Or they're your teacher. Whatever. They're either assholes or your teacher. <laughs> or, you know. How do you feel about that? But, um, I've started to talk about that a little bit on stage. Even though it's kind of like older news now. Um, it never gets old. The, the, the boys who teachers start to I have mean, sex with. Here, you know what's funny? 
The other day I was driving down uh, near a high school. I was just passing through and I saw myself checking out these kids and I was like, <laughs> oh, I get it now. I get these teachers now. See, I don't, I, I'm not like, it's wrong for a, anybody older to, to be with somebody really young. I know Absolutely, there's laws I agree with against that. that. But in the same breath, like, Maybe those older women can teach the younger boys a thing I or mean, two. I mean, they don't know anything by the time they're 30. They're useless. They're useless. And then well, I got to teach them so the next girl gets the better, Im- yeah, the that's better not okay. specimen. Yeah. Because that's what it feels These like. These teachers, that's, I mean, that's in their job title to teach. To teach. They're teaching they're the youth. They're teaching the youth how to really please women. How to fuck. Do you know how many happier women would be in the world? Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Do you know how many less problems there would be if there were more sati- sexually satisfied women? Well, I think the problems would be the, the same. The problems will be the same. A lot of emotional issues. A lot of emotional issues. But, but at least, like, I mean, it's not so bad. If it were a young girl and an older guy, that's r- that's messed up. How often do you allow a relationship to go on knowing that the guy is, like, not trying to please you in bed? See, that's see, but girls don't learn that that's not right. Right. Especially in this generation, I feel bad for these girls now because it's like the porn generation and it's like the beauty generation where right, nobody's right. really, their value is placed on these. Their looks. Th- their looks and these like just really materialistic things. And it, I feel bad for girls because. You have such a good line about that on stage where you talk about how like, oh, I'm supposed to have a shiny, shiny, and I just, I don't even know your last name. Yeah, it's like I'm supposed to be beautiful, the but I don't know you. expectations yeah. are so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's like, I don't even know you. But that's, it. it and it, it just it's everywhere like it's just uh, absolutely everywhere it but it's definitely like worse now it's worse now because a technology's changed everything it's changed everything it changed everything for and sure it's like where girls place their value you know if a dude's treating you like a piece of shit get out of there get out of there, get out I, of there. I think you know i remember being young and thinking this is it this is the only guy right. i'm ever gonna find you right. know, did you ever think that of course Every time I find a guy, I think that. <laughs> Every Still, time. Tomorrow, I'm going to think that. I think that right now about the two guys I'm fucking. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my God. It's just you feel like this is it. This is it. This that's is how you feel. This is it's going to get. That's how, that's how you feel. It's really, right? it's pathetic. It's pathetic. But it's we can say that because we have felt that way. Yeah. I'm not passing judgment, but it is a pathetic way to it think. Is. It's tough. It's it not is easy. tough. Girls are trying to just look like somebody else all the time, and it's and then you know the other thing that's gonna happen is it's just gonna be a, ju- a bunch of girls that know how to do makeup. Nobody's gonna be smart. Nobody's gonna be smart. <laughs> Nobody. No one's gonna try and develop a brain. They just want to look pretty. And they look pretty. I mean, that's they do look. You look I mean, good, but you know what? You look good in the more. Oval Office too. Oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, cr- that's that's your thing. Oh, cr- oh, cr- you should put that on a shirt. No, it's a fucking. It's come from a. Have you never sent it to you? What is it? Is it a video? There's a there's a video. It's this chick who I guess she's a country music singer. I don't even <laughs> remember her name, <laughs> but she does this character where she like works in a hair salon. Like yes, no, a you did. White girl. Yes, it's so it's funny. Unbelievable. Yes, unbelievable, and it's like a like a it's almost like a commercial. Yes, it's a commercial yes. for this. It's like a, an for infomercial. Salon. It's so so funny. Oh, yes, so and funny. she does a thing where she like she's like trying to sell the the comb. Yes, and she's like you can play ping pong with it. <laughs> And she just goes, and one point, she, first met. at one point, she just goes, oh, but it's really fast. <laughs> oh, but it, me and my, uh, me and my gay friends, we do it all the time. That is so funny. Like, oh, what would so you, stupid. what do you think you would have been if you weren't a comedian? In a life? teacher. And I would have fucked all those kids. <laughs> <laughs> I 
would have been your assistant teacher. I would have oh, been man. I would have been the one that came in. What do they call that when the teacher's g- uh, g- gone? TA. Uh, TA. You would have been my I would have been right there. You've been the tits and ass. Yes. I would have been like, okay, well, Marcella's on her country vacation with uh, <laughs> Bobby Jr. I'm stepping in. She went to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been a teacher and fucked all those kids. I was, g- I was going to school to be a teacher. You were? Mm-hmm. What were you going to teach, bitch? How to be a bitch? That's it. I mean, listen, I wasn't always... Uh, so in tune with my bitchiness. Oh, please. I tried to oppress it for many years. Uh, you, you d- why are you trying to oppress your exactly. bitchiness? I, f- I learned. I, my Who I am is a fucking bitch. People think you're a bitch, but that's just because I, there's this like notion that everyone should be overly nice. Yeah. And I mean, I that's have manners, but I'm not overly nice. I think overly nice can be disingenuous. That's what I think. I, I really hate that people think being mean is uh, always a negative thing. <laughs> I really hate that. You hate that people thinking think being mean is bad. You know, you let know, me just be an asshole. Critics challenge people to they be do. better. Okay, you fucking bitch. <laughs> you see how I did that? See, I think I'm I'm a little bit of a bitch. I'm a bitch. You but are, but you're <laughs> you're more smooth with it than I am. I'm like so blunt. You are blunt. You are blunt. I'm blunt, and I'm like I hide I'm mine. also scary. <laughs> So, you know, being 6'2", I'm a little frightening. <laughs> a teacher, man. Um, yeah, I don't know how I would have been a teacher. That would have been so stupid. You don't have... I can't see you having patience. I don't. And I learned that. Because, you know, they send you into, into classrooms. That, that's like the new requirement for teachers in the last 10 years. You go into classrooms and what? You volunteer. So you can oh, experience the grade yeah. you think you want to be in. Oh, God. And I went into that classroom. It was first grade. I went into that classroom... <laughs> And um, <laughs> the kids came back from recess, and these, this boy was crying in tears. He was in tears. And so I, <laughs> the te- he runs up to the teacher, and, the, and then the other kid is like, he wanted to play with my ball, and I told him no. And this other kid was like, I just want to play with his ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing, Jessica May. <laughs> you guys hear that over the airplane? I laughed my ass off. <laughs> and that's when I knew I couldn't be a teacher. Because you were insensitive? Because I'm very insensitive. I mean, I, I get the flights <laughs> of children, because being a child can be very confusing. I just wanted to play with He wanted to play football. with football, and he was crying about I it. And can't. these are little boys. Oh, my God. And this fat little fuck was so <laughs> upset about not playing with the stupid fucking football at recess. And it was like, also, I was also like, you know what? It is his football. He can tell you no. Yes. So I, that's, that was the problem was she kind of like, she was very diplomatic about it. But I was like, I can't do that. I would never you be able to do that. You can't be diplomatic. You can't. Then you create pussies. You're going to create pussies. We don't need that. We don't want to create pussies. And so it was really funny because I was like, that was the exact moment. I was like, oh, my God, I can't be a teacher. What am I going to do with my life? Especially that grade. Like, I know. They're the worst. Those kids are the worst. My mom was a teacher for kindergarten, K, K1. That's kindergarten what I wanted first. to do. I wanted to do kindergarten. And, you know, she'd always come home with these stories. And I remember one <clears> time she was, she was teaching and they had a bathroom in the classroom because they were so young. And one of the little girls came up to my mom's desk with her hand out, and she had shit in her hand. Oh, God. She had shit in her hand. Actually, she crapped her pants, pulled it out of her pants, and brought it up to my mom. And was like, Miss, Miss Peluso, I pooped my pants. And my mom had to, like, clean shit off of this girl's hands. She wouldn't even clean shit off of my hands, and I'm her own daughter. Well, that's disgusting. I mean, when you get paid to do shit, you'll do anything. Oh, my God. And she still did it for years after that. That's insane. But I guess when you're a mom, it's a little easier because you deal with so much 
shit from your own kids, literally. It's disgusting. Ugh. I don't know, man. I mean, here's the thing. I'm really good with my nieces and nephews, but my siblings and my mom all know that I'm like, I do what I'm going to do and it helps them be better kids. Yeah. That, I mean, like a, I have my own thing. style of, of, of spending time with them. I'm the crazy aunt. And you got your own style in general. Because I, I mean, because <laughs> I taught, you know, it's funny. I had a friend tell me that like, she was like, I love how good you are with kids. She's like, you're surprisingly well because you're just not condescending. You talk to them like they're adults. Yeah, you do. I can see and, that. And, and you're just condescending to adults. Because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> Here's the thing. Children are idiots because they, they literally don't know yet. Yep. Adults are idiots for no reason. Yep. They're it's just true. dumb. They're they just, just dumb. don't pay attention. Ignorance. They're just so stupid to be around. So I can't really tolerate dumb people. Dumb, dumb adults. You know? Okay, so here's a question. We talked about this before. Speaking about dumb adults in the, along that topic, um, the whole Bill Cosby situation. Oh, jeez. Well, because there's, a, there, you know, people have brought up, like, well, shouldn't the girls have known not to go into the room with him? Shouldn't they right. have known that something like that could have happened? And my thing is, like, A, that's just bullshit. Right. And B, this was, like, the 60s yeah. and 70s, 60s and, 70s and, 80s. and 80s. Yeah, It's a different generation. I agree. The, ho- the populist whole was more naive then. I mean, and even, like, I'm sure that drug itself was a newer drug anyhow. Oh, People yeah. didn't always know. Um, I... I mean, you think he's guilty? I mean, he I feel like he def- he definitely did it. Yeah. I don't I also I'm not one of these people who it's very interesting too because people really want to like dethrone him as some comedic genius, which is fine, I get it. But it's like, you know, if Woody Allen gets to work to this day, yeah. I don't see why Bill Cosby touring doing stand up is a problem. I mean, Woody um, Allen married his daughter. Like th- if that isn't insane, I don't know what is. That's just but nobody really now it's just become a joke. That's what's insane about it is that he's not being like I mean in terms of like socially and in the entertainment business he's not being held responsible. He's not being ostracized. He's, he had great movies. He's, he's Midnight still, in Paris. I loved still it. Doing, loved still doing doing a good job. People still want to work with him. So in in that respect of of just kind of like well shit if they get if white people get to have a guy why can't black people have a guy that yeah. fucked up? Um, Do you think uh, the one thing that bothers me about the whole situation? Is he hasn't said anything. He doesn't need to. He, he hasn't done it. I'm sure he hasn't done it in a while. Or if he, even if he has, like, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't live in a media-consumed environment doesn't. the way the rest of us do. Where we, we need we, we need demand the answers. We demand the answers. He's still super old school. I mean, he got famous in such a different era. He did. Pre, he did. Pre-technology. He probably still has a fucking flip phone. Oh, no. You know he probably I mean? doesn't like, have a flip phone. He probably exactly. has a rotary. He plugs yeah, in exactly. on the road. So I, he, he doesn't... He almost doesn't understand the meaning of making a statement. And he's made jokes about it on stage. I can see that. Tours. But um, I think the other thing, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, was I feel like people aren't don't want to discuss is that, like, there's this problem in our society of gold-digging women. Yes. That's not being addressed. It really isn't being addressed. Not And not to say, like, um, he's not, like, you know. I, that I mean, he's I not guilty. I right. mean, he did it. I, for me, in my heart, I believe he did it. In the same respect that I don't think Michael Jackson and Melissa children like I'm like in my heart I'm like I just I d- me neither I just believe it I'm like I just oh, believe it come on he was just a fucked up kid he was kid. a fucked up kid it, a fucked like up kid. those parents are probably trying to extort him right and then um, I think the thing about the Bill Cosby thing that nobody wants to talk about is that like these girls are gold diggers like they're trying to make it and like I think and I, I th- I'm sure I could speak for you maybe I can't but um, 
in the industry we're in, like it's such a problem. These girls who want to like sleep their way to the top. Yeah, they don't. They don't want to. They want to take advantage work. of these guys. They're beautiful women. See, I don't they're know. Lazy. See, I, I don't know. They're used to getting stuff on their looks, and so they they saw this guy who was it. I mean, you know, he's very ugly. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's not the most That's aesthetically the most, pleasing be honest, person. He's an to unattractive see. man, and it was the '70s, and he was black. Yes, like he probably was not doing very well with women let no. alone white women especially comedians all fucked up yeah emotionally so a mess. in my head the way i see all it how it all played out was like he saw these girls that were trying to run game on him and he ran game on them instead so he th- you think that they, they both were kind of playing playing the wrong end of the sticks. opportunistic fucks both of them both of them i can kind of see that i, I mean like, i feel like that's a problem with this whole uh scenario it's like you see some of these stories and you're like what's really going on here because when i read beverly johnson's story I was like, oh, man, she was smart enough to get out of there, which if you're a smart girl, you, you would you, have You'd get out. You would know. Because, A, he's a creepy fuck. Yeah, he's he's he creepy. Doesn't, he can't. There's no Cosby game. Yeah. There's he's no not, Cosby he's game. not smooth. And, and he also is aware that there's no chicks that are like someone as beautiful as Beverly Johnson is going to want to fuck him. Right. So he has men to resort not, to that. Like, that's why men are so bitter, because they know how ugly they are. They've been rejected. Like, that's the thing is women, like, we get rejected and we're just like, whatever, I'll find somebody. And we yeah. don't Because we don't care about dating ugly guys. Yeah, we don't care. We don't care. We don't care about dating ugly opposite they're like they get rejected by enough beautiful women they get angry yeah they do get angry and so and they get they get fancy potions they get fancy potions they make a cappuccino in their cappuccino machine but don't you think like a couple of those girls like not all of them are gold diggers no i'm sure they're not i think it was a mixture but i do i do agree to that like there's definitely women in the society who want to cut corners and it's like not just in our society in the industry in the industry yes because most of these women were in the industry i mean in the industry yes um, and that's what makes it so problematic. It is problematic. Is that they all of them corners. were not successful. None of them. And that's what makes it problem because and I was going to, the other thing was when I saw one of them on CNN talking about it, this is a while ago, she was like, the first thing they said when they brought her up, like they introduced her, this is da da da, this is her story. What do you have to say? She was like, you know, back in 2008, I tried to sell this story to the National Enquirer to get a book or like a show out of it, and it didn't happen. And now I'm really glad people are paying attention. I'm like, whoa, yeah, whoa, Yeah, why whoa. would you say, I remember her saying that, and I was like, you're throwing the whole yeah defense not defense Everything. but the whole the whole story under the bus you're throwing it under the bus and that for me that was the perfect example and i'm sure it's not the same story for every girl and i get that and i no, it's not see i don't think it's definitely i don't think you we, we put ourselves in these positions sometimes where you trust a person usually men and you just make bad and make you make, make a poor judgment you call you make a poor judgment call and then you, and suffer, the and you suffer the consequences which is the Cosby, you know the, the and for the it drink. to be someone like him you're just oh. like ugh I mean, who's on TV right now that would be the equivalent of that? Nobody. Nobody. He was so powerful, and they knew that, and he knew that. I just, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird situation. And, like, the, definitely the gold digging thing is definitely. It plays. It, it's just, like, I don't know, man. It's, it, g- girls do do that. They, they want to. That's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. And, I mean, it's we're, not we're easy to talk about either. Because we're like in a, where we are right now in, as in society is w- women kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're a little bit more, uh, we have a little bit more power, I think. Yeah. I think, it, I think that it's shifting. It's definitely shifting. Um, and that's why it is hard to challenge these notions because there's, there's not a lot of people that want to discuss that. No. Or there's people that will focus on that instead of the fact that he really, he did do, he still did something terrible. But I mean, it? it's kind of the same thing where you start talking about like domestic abuse and how you know there are men who are just horrible creatures and prey on women and attack them and abuse them and that's horrible but then it's like as a woman if you're hitting a guy 
and that's just what you do and you chop him down and you abuse him in the way you know how which is you know we're we're emotional right we're right. good at, at the emotional game and the emotional abuse i mean men can be good too but that's our that's where we Absolutely. we shine we shine we excel. But if you're a woman who does that constantly to a man, and a man has that ability to kind of lose his control, I'm not saying you're asking for it, but you got to be prepared for the worst to happen. I mean, it's it's not easy because there's there's also those girls who who are, are physically abusive. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. Those girls who who hit guys and just expect because it's not right to hit a woman that they're yeah. not going to retaliate. Right. And to me, that is not fair. That's not fair. That is that is a double yeah, standard. Yeah, I, I had friends that the chick was just as abusive as the guy was, but because he was twice her size, it looked like he was a human garbage, which he was. But, I mean, it's not like she was innocent. Yeah, it just, I just to me, it's like, I love women. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm all about women, you know, succeeding, and I love this place we're at right now where you know it's a possibility we're gonna have a female president and there's a lot more females that have um the power to make decisions in in congress and and that's amazing to actually change to make change and but in the same breath i think that allowing women to get away with things because they're women to me that's defeats the whole purpose of equality backwards across the board backwards backwards so don't hit your boyfriend Unless yeah, you kind of like it. Yeah, only in, in bed. In bed. Just a little slap. That's it. A little slap on the ass. A little slap on the dick. Damn, this music just came in. I don't know if they can hear it. We are we can't hear ourselves. We're going to get copyright infringement. I know. All day. All situation. damn day. I'm just going to get letters from all these all these artists that have been playing in Miss the America and the Creedence Clear, Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Creedence Clearwater <laughs> Revisited. That's what their oh touring man. name is now. I want a, I want a boyfriend. Me too. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? I wanted Leonardo DiCaprio, but Rihanna had to bring her big Barbadian ass. Big, beautiful Barbadian God, ass. God, she's beautiful. She's like uh, irresistible. She's irresistible. She's like, you know what it is? Remember Jamie Foxx used to have that bit about how Prince, anybody, like Prince could seduce anybody? Yeah. Like even as a, a straight man. Yes. He would like, was attracted. That's Rihanna. <laughs> that's Rihanna. That's Rihanna. Rihanna's uh, I like. Need to, I need to tweet that out because you that's do. funny. She's just, she is like a, she's a human sexual hybrid. She is like. I mean she's just beautiful and strong. Beautiful and strong, mouthy, and opinionated. And she's talking like this. Yeah. I like her little nasally. Oh nee, nee. Man. It makes me feel like there's hope for my voice. I mean, she's just the best. She is the best. But now I she's. I let. She knew we were recording. Yeah, this this big busty girl just walked by she in knew her we were recording. little bikini, and she just she was yelled loud. She was staring at us earlier, and she was. She just had a yell. Just had a yell. She looks good in the bikini, though. I don't I'm care. Not, I'm not gonna. Fr- she looks good in the bikini. I don't give a shit. But I'm kind of mad that Rihanna's. You know. She's all up on my guy right now. I think it's great because, let's be you honest, wha- Jess. You should be on my side. I want to date Leonardo DiCaprio. I want to fuck Leonardo DiCaprio. First of all, I want to fuck You should him. learn how to say his name because you can't get mad about people mispronouncing <laughs> you on Bloody stage. Bloody Mary is good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fuck his brains out since I was way too oh young. Oh, God. But and right now, his Hare Krishna bun that he's rocking. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's for a role. I assume anything. <laughs> every time he looks like hopefully shit, it's I for assume a role it's in for my a vagina. role. Yeah. Hopefully he rolls right into my vagina with that and that dirty ass beard. I love it. Uh, who's so your Hollywood? Funny. Who's your crush? Like your your Hollywood crush? Yeah, give me like your top three guys. Oh wow, I don't know. Want me to kick it off? Help you out? Yeah, go. Okay, so Leo. Okay. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, you have a type. 
And John Stamos, I just I just flipped the script. See, that's not a type. That isn't. No, but I also like Tyson Beckford, but he's really dumb. He's too dumb. He's really dumb. He's so dumb, it makes him unattractive. You know, but it's almost like really attractive because it's like you can manipulate dumb. You can until m- until dumb plays one on you, and then you feel really. Oh fucking god, stupid. when you get manipulated by dumb, because it's possible. They're dumb, but they're crafty. You're right. He's sexy though. His mouth. Yeah, he's got that that toe. Okay, your li- your male listeners don't want to listen to this. Let's move on. What's yours? I don't know. Come on, you gotta have one dude. I mean, Bill Burr, because. <laughs> but here's the thing. One of, my, one of my friends was laughing at me because he was like, "Damn, you're you really are turned on by someone's intelligence." I'm like, I really am. Yes. It's really hard for me not to be completely aroused by somebody if they're not. I think it's a female trait. Really I mean, intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. Bradley Cooper speaks French. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart dude. He's a smart dude. I mean, Leo's smart too. Leo's real smart, and yeah. he's environmentally conscious. Yeah, he's so all about dick. that. Yeah, the dick, dick better be. That beard isn't. He's got to wash that beard. We're take care of that shit. His beard's got the lowest carbon footprint. It's too hot out here to be talking about this shit. You getting all hot and bothered? I need to get in that pool. We should get in the pool. You guys can't come with us, though. Um, anyways. You gotta have, w- just come on, Marcella. You have to have one dude. I don't, I mean, you're you're a bitch and you're a piece of shit, you know but I, I believe you I have You know what you think is cute? It's, is, is Will Smith. Of course you would, because he's tall and chocolate. But he, he is like, I, you know what, I read an article, somebody shared an article where he's like falling off. Falling off like what? Like well, he, the he, deep he, end? Well, they won't say why. I mean, the, it's like a theory. They're just like he's not hit hot anymore, which I think has to do like with his, his kids. Yeah, but didn't you wait? You met him or something? I happened? did. I met him. I was at the VMAs a couple years ago. It was like a year and a half ago. <coughs> Whatever. Whatever. I'm Time. not jealous. Who cares? I mean, I was bugging out because I was walking on the red carpet and T Boz and Chili That's were cool. there. That's fucking. Cool. That was so dope. That's gotta be cool. I like. I made a weird squeaky noise. I realized that about myself in moments of like genuine excitement. Star st- you're starstruck. I'm starstruck, and I make a w- squeaky noise that comes out of my mouth and my vagina. <laughs> so I'm. S- uh, so where we sat, it was like all the talent and celebrities are on one side of the the. Oh, what's that? Play the the Brooklyn. Oh my God! I can't even think of what the. I don't know. I don't know New York. Where the Nets play. Come on, what do they call that? I'm not a New Yorker. Why would I, I know, know that? I'm not a New Yorker. I don't like sports. I don't like New York. I can't think of what the I stupid like auditorium is called. Sorry, Jay-Z. I've had a pina colada it's and I can't It's called Rockefeller think. Nation. <laughs> <laughs> well, where they had the VMAs in Brooklyn. The beautiful, whatever the hell it's called. You guys can yell at me after. Rockefeller Stadium. Rockefeller.com. And uh, so we're with all the celebrities and I'm walking to get some tequila. As per usual. As uh, per usual, par for the course. And Will Smith is running down the stairs. And I was running? like. Running? Like what? Like a movie running or like a light jog? Like s- like a light jog, skipping steps in a black v-neck shirt with his muscles protruding and flirting at me. He's cute. He's so cute. And he I seems so like a sweetie pie, too. He is a, he's, a, he's a really genuine dude. He runs by me. I don't know if I could deal with that. Anyways, go ahead. Oh, God. Here go we ahead. go. You don't know if you can deal with a, a man who's a part of like 13 franchises. Anyways, whatever. Whatever. Go ahead, tell His the wife's story. a lesbian. We can figure it out. He runs by me and I go, Will Smith. I yell out at him. And God, I just, idiot. I thought he was going to keep running. I thought that was my only, I was like, I'm just going to yell out to let him know I know, yeah, who yeah, he, yeah. I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, he might think it's somebody he actually knows. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. He turned around. He's like, what's up? And comes back up to me. 
runs back up the stairs, standing right in my face. The Philly came out of him. Ooh, that's <laughs> hot. I like that. Philly and Syracuse unite. Mm-hmm. And when he said, what's up, I buckled because I didn't expect him to talk to me. And I said, I literally looked in his face and I said, I am legend. Oh, my I God. said, I, Marcella, I said, I am legend. It's the only thing. I, and he looks at me. His whole face changes from, oh, this is somebody I know to, oh, this bitch is crazy and she doesn't belong in this section of the auditorium (laughs) of the Brooklyn Net Center. We're going to call it from now on. Um, And so then I go, no, wait, wait, wait. Um, Also, as well, and then I go in to start singing. Now this is a story all about how oh my no, life got flipped. Yes, I did. I sang the fuck. What's fu- wrong with you? I sang the fucking. How much tequila did you have at that point? Uh, too much. Too much oh to not be able God, to be. Ch- I had a shot. He came back up to me because I looked good in my dress. You looked great. I was a cute white You're girl. You're a cute white girl. Yeah. There's no resisting that. He, you know, come like, on. I don't blame him. Jade is out there dry humping Ciara and Will's like looking for a little love. And I blew it. I blew it. No, you didn't blow it. That's the problem. That's the problem. I, he wanted me to blow it, and I blew it with, through my mouth, but not in a good way. Started singing this what stupid theme song. I don't, I mean, I, w- I, th- I was hoping for a great story, but that's a terrible story. Horrible story. You thought I would, I, I could have gotten his number. I'm you could have gotten more than his number. I could have gotten his DNA. You could have gotten it. In my pocket. Yeah, well, you don't want that DNA. I that had one of those, those kids little dresses. Those kids are turned out to be. Those kids. Those are kids are the reason he's not doing well anymore. They take themselves too, s- they're too young to take themselves that f- fucking seriously. I mean, I think it's it's also, um. Their names? <laughs> <laughs> Jaden and Pillow. Is it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're the most idiotic idiot. Um, Pillow Smith. God, it really, it seems so c- much more quiet now than yes, than, than I know, uh, the well, last week recorded. Th- than two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> it is much more quiet. Well, because the music is turned down. Because they don't have Credence Clear- Clearwater <laughs> jamming in our, f- and apparently there are less flights right now since we hopped in the pool. It is Sunday. And we time I mean traveled. <laughs> <laughs> We're such idiots. We don't know what day it is. Yeah, we don't know what day it is. But his kids are a hot mess. Um... I think that's the problem with, with where his career is right now because people don't want to see him anymore. They're just like, you have these annoying kids and now we're associating with it. I mean, I feel like that's what it is. No, it, it, it is. And like, wasn't his son like hanging out with like the Kardashians? I mean, though it is that. But he said he was going to keep them away from them. Yeah, I don't like that at all. He said he didn't want the kids to, to communicate at all with the Kardashians. <coughs> Which is great, but I mean, it doesn't look like it's happening. But Will Smith sees the Kardashians as an infectious disease. They He's are. like, don't touch the Kardashians. They are literally and figuratively <laughs> You're disease gonna catch ridden. It. You're going to catch it. The he tre- He's treating it's Kardashians. Like Pokemon. you got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> He's treating the Kardashians the way people treated AIDS in the 80s. I mean, he's been through it. You're going to catch it. He knows. You just have to avoid it, and you won't catch it. He's like, don't, don't touch it. We don't know how it's transmitted. It could be airborne. That family is the worst. The Kardashian. I bet, you know, I bet he's like a good dad, though. Yeah, like, I, d- I wonder what it's like to grow up I bet as Robert a Kardashian like was a good dad, but then he died, and then those girls were just, dis- like, And then Chris Jenner took over. They were ruined. They were ruined. I bet he was a good That's father. That's why you need fathers in your you life. You need fathers in your life. You brought your dad to Brea. Yep, we did Brea a couple you weekends ago. You did jokes. I had my dad do jokes. <laughs> it was <laughs> the cutest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> whole life. He loves comedy. He's always been he a does. fan of comedy. He's this old man. Old men love comedy. They do, and they love to be funny. He Like, when I was younger, y- his best friend was a stand-up comic, this guy Mike Goss, who passed away, R.I.P., was a wonderful man. And uh, my dad used to take me to his shows when I was, like, seven years oh, old. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't understand no the jokes. 
No wonder you're such a messed up bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad's jokes were so corny. They were just like bar jokes. They were so funny, though. And what was great was he did one, and then he did two, and then I went you were ready to be like, all right, that's my dad. And he put his finger in your face and was like, one more. <laughs> <laughs> we lost it when he did that. <laughs> Everyone lost Everyone it. Everyone was, like, dying for him. I'm glad you recorded that. That was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty special. That was really special. That was pretty special. That's one of those things you look back at. That's what I try and do. Years. Like, I just I want to capture memories with him. Like, he's so great. He's old now. He's it's great. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Because you, you, you reach a certain age when you start to really appreciate your parents. You appreciate them in all their, of their I flaws. I mean, and you know it's sad. It's not everybody ever reaches that. Yeah. Not everybody reaches that um, point in their lives. They're you just you, like you got, you know, you got screwed over on that part. Yeah, I mean, and it was tough seeing your dad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I can't imagine, like, watching, being a young woman and watching your dad pass away. I mean, it's not easy. It's it's really, it's really, uh, it's tr- it's traumatic. Do you think about all the things you're going to experience without him? I have been ruined my mind by it. I mean, I'm also just like, like, it's so funny because we always talk about, oh, as comics, we're always like, do we get married? Do we have kids? And I'm at a point where I'm convinced I'm never going to get married because my father's never going to be able to give me away. I had always hoped that somebody would ask my dad for permission to marry yeah. me. That's never going to happen. So I kind of don't give a shit anymore, which is that's really wild depressing. It's not depressing, but... I I understand that because that's a big part I've of the tradition of being engaged. I went to two weddings um, in like December, January, like right in like the, the time frame. And the one, the girl didn't didn't have her father to give her away. And then the other one, she did. But both were equally hard to experience as a, as just as a as a guest. So the girl who didn't have her father to give away, who was it? Why was her reason? son give her away? I don't think he was in her life. I mean, I don't even know if her mom was there. Um, so do you relate to her even though her father's still alive but he's not oh yeah we do relate um in the sense of like the absence well she's also just trying to learn how to have a real family with her family she's just learning that and she i think i i I help her in the sense of like i always put my family first and i know it it kind of as a as a i guess as a just somebody who's looking in just something that has kind of worked in our family yeah it's just weird. I know, it, but I think like when you're young, you don't, you're, you're more, oh, this got so serious so well, fast. Well, it's just, you know, whatever. We're talking about, we're, we had pina coladas. We're talking about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Oh, man. We can talk about Will Smith's dick after, but, but I just wanna, want to. I think like when you're young, you don't, you don't realize that your time with your parents is limited. Right. And that anything can happen. I mean, you know what's funny though? Was when I was a kid, I loved spending time with my parents and now I'm glad I was that way. Because when I was a kid, I loved being at home. Like, and me and my dad didn't even get along for most for many years, but I loved being home. Like, we had a dog and everything, and I just liked hanging out with my mom. Yeah. And my dad was always just, you know, he's he was funny. He, was he watched you come do stand up. Did he support your yeah, choice? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, at the beginning, no, they were not into it, but they would support it. Like, they never do in the beginning. They're like, they never do in the beginning. They never do. My and mom's like, you should become a vet tech. Still, oh, my mom's still. You could be a doctor. I'm like, do you understand how that doesn't make any sense? Yeah. Anyways. But, it, you know, when they, like, because I did, <coughs> excuse me, I did, like, Japan, and I entertained the troops over there, and then and then Felipe started taking me on tour with him, and I think my parents were like, oh, okay, this is a thing that could actually be okay. Because yeah. it's tough when you have, like, immigrant third world parents who are just super old school, and they what just think they want I need to be- What do they want from you? Grandchildren. Uh. <laughs> this bitch has eight grandkids, and she still <laughs> keeps asking me. I'm gonna have I'm like you're so selfish. How many more is gonna make her happy? I don't understand him. She got eight grandkids. She still wants more. It's insane. But it's fine. That's I mean I I don't know that that's tough. 
but I think about that. But you know, it's, it's sometimes it's funny because I always valued my time with my dad, and I do, and I love him, and he's like my best friend. He's but so cute. He's cute, right? He's seventy-seven years old. He's had like four ex-wives, about thirty-seven Buicks. <laughs> but since you came in my life, it's like it's weird how it works out. Like you meet people and they add value to your life, and, and y- you don't realize it until it's. What are you trying to say to me? That Just you say it. Just say what you're trying to say. That you say what you need to say. Tell me what you want to say. <laughs> uh, I'm saying that you have made me really value my time with my father. That's wonderful. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm really glad because I, I was lucky because, well, no, I mean it was one of those things where it's like bittersweet because I dated this guy when I was I think 25, and he was a fucking asshole. But d- he was the first guy I ever really dated. Why was he an asshole? He just was. I don't even want to talk about that. It's a waste of st- breath. Fuck but him. Fuck him. He was, he, it, it, it made me go, oh, I messed up for my relationship with my dad and I should go therapy. And I went to therapy. It really helped me. <coughs> Excuse me. It really helped me. And from that moment forward, I was like, okay, I need to like start making changes because it's not about uh, like my parent understanding me. It's about understanding my parents. Yes. I think when you have that understanding in your brain, that shift, oh my the God. relationship changes. It, ch- it does a 180 it's it's and it's good because it's hard to kind of get over that especially if i'm very prideful and i'm just stubborn so it took a minute but the therapy was really helpful for that and i needed it and it totally changed it shifted the relationship for about two years and then he was diagnosed with cancer and then it i completely just uh, i did a i definitely did the 180 of like now it's time to just spend time with him and not give a shit if he's gonna be a dick i mean obviously you would have wanted more time with him but do you yeah, feel like you were able to make i mean i don't like to live in that kind of like i wish i could have done this i wish i could have done that right, I don't, i've never lived that way you just drive yourself nuts i don't live i've never lived that way i'm never gonna live that way i don't live in regret there's like two things i regret in my life and i don't even re- really regret those things i don't live in regret I've, i'm very conscious of what i'm doing in the moment yeah regret's a waste of time regret and guilt are selfish emotions well it's also it's like if you do live in a very self-actualized lifestyle you won't live in regret you won't because i'm always very aware of all my decisions and how they affect yes. others and how they're going to affect me and if it's going to bother me in the future and the reasons why you're making those decisions and yeah if you can like make make really good conscious efforts of because even if it's like a bad decision like oh i'm gonna drink and drive tonight which is a terrible thing it's the worst thing i still do it we're gonna do it tonight is, which is <laughs> honest just kidding but um it's it's one of those things where i'm like well if i, if I go to jail tonight then i'm gonna go to jail tonight you come to terms with it. Well, because, I mean, I don't have kids. I'm always just like, you know what? If I fuck up anything, it's just going to be my life. That's how I live. Absolutely. So I've never lived in it. Because I remember when my dad was in hospice, my mom was really upset because I would refuse to go. But it's hospice. It's like, it's basically saying, okay, he's going to die in the next few days. Oh so you just got to be ready. And I refuse to see him anymore because it was just like, it wasn't him anymore. Yeah, like that's the worst. That, that, to me, that's a, the worst thing I can imagine for people losing anyone they love. In that state where you, they literally slip, the, who they're you know, deteriorating. they're deteriorating. It's not them anymore. They've they've already died, and I already made that like decision of like I'm not gonna go. And I had to tell my mom, and she was pissed. She was mad at me, and I had to like shake her and be like, Yo, like I don't want to see my dad like that. He, I'm the baby of this family. Like, may I remind you, I'm not his wife. I'm his youngest daughter, yeah. and I don't want to see him that way. And it's a f- did you have a f- did you have a final moment with him? I did. We. Well, I mean. I don't want to say final moment. We had a really good discussion a month before he passed away, which I'm not going to get into that. But it was it was what I needed to be okay with him passing because it, at that point it was still like we weren't sure, and it actually ended up being a month away from when he passed away. But we didn't know. Of course, you don't. You know. You never know. 
So, but it was definitely like, oh, we have to have a big talk, and we had a really insane, wow. overwhelming. Im- that's like that blows my like mind. an overwhelming talk to the point that the next day when my mom found out because he told my mom what we had discussed. She was like, I'm sorry he said those things to you. He shouldn't have said anything to you. And you just, you know, don't worry about anything. And I'm like, uh, no. Like, he, he, uh, and I had to tell her, I'm like, because he, he put everything on me. But anyways, I, I told her, like, listen, I get that you think that he shouldn't have said those things to me. And you think it's inappropriate. I was like, but you're his wife. And he wants to make sure that you're taken care of yes. in the long run. I was like, that's it. And that's how I have to look at it. And that's how you have to look at it. Like, yeah, I know you think it's weird because I'm his youngest daughter. But you have to look at it from like a, like a real. He's a man and yeah. he's a husband and he has always taken care of you. That's so wild, though, to have that conversation It's with pretty somebody. wild. <laughs> it, it, you know. It, it was a bit much. It was overwhelming. It th- did, I mean, it still lot. affects me just thinking about it. Of course. That's why I don't want to talk about it too much. But I'm, I'm like, let's talk about it more. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I mean. I, it's just it's fascinating but it's I mean and it's also good to be like I said self-aware know that that discussion had to happen yeah and also to realize that you know we're comedians we find humor and everything but this life it's not guaranteed it's short it's chaotic it's brutal it's painful and you know the more you talk about things like this that where you know you lose a father as a young person there's a lot of people out there that that experience that and they don't know how to deal yeah and it's that's a real thing and I mean, knowing I've how to deal can really change your life and how you right. treat people. Right. You know, it could be the difference between you being an asshole for the rest of your life. Which or I'm going to be no You are an what. asshole. You're the biggest asshole I know, and that's why I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you also treat people fairly. I do. Unless that's you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want some chicken wings. And there's a whole bunch I had thing. somebody tell me recently, like, Marcella, you're mean, but you're fair. And you know what? A lot of dictators were the same. And look at what they accomplished. Yeah, they accomplished a lot. A lot. You know, how many, you know how many nations were conquered from <sighs> asshole, fair asshole. So many nations of dick. Was your mom like, because like you come from ig- immigrant parents, was your mom like a strong woman? Was she like, was she I like pro so. woman? Was she like, I mean, she didn't. A feminist of she her was, era? I wouldn't say, no, absolutely not. No? No, God. Wow. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. She's very traditional. I mean, she got pregnant when she was, what, 1920? Yeah, it's a different era. It's a, a different, different era. Culture. It's a different culture. It's El Salvador, third world. Civil civil war was going on when they left. That's why they left. And, um, I mean. And it's it, a man's world. It's a man's world, which, they, I mean, the women don't. It's They also know their, I guess they know their place, I should say. Ouch. And, yeah. They, but they do. It's a different time. It's a different time. And when so she when she was here, I mean, she definitely grew and. I just learned how to be like a renaissance woman through her because in those in those nations, the women have to know everything. They have to know not just how to cook and clean, but you have to know how to sew. You gotta you gotta really know how to raise. I kids. can do one of those three things. I can <laughs> clean. I can. The sew kids are gonna starve, thing. and you're gonna have holes in your shirt. <laughs> That's how you're gonna buy them, apparently. <laughs> I did. You made fun because I had a holy shirt. She bought it's a shirt with s- holes in it. It's in style, but that's how rich you are. You're full of holes too. Well. <laughs> Anyhow, so she, I wouldn't know I conserve feminist. Like I was, in my family, I was a complete radical. But Don't I was just a logical thinking child. Yeah, you seem like you were very smart. I mean, not so much now, but I feel like when you were a child, you were really smart. <laughs> Don't you think, though, I was always just, like, logical thinking. Like, I didn't, like, if something was like, oh, the boys get to stay out till 10 and the girls have to stay out till 9 or they don't, the girls don't get to go out at all, I'd be like, that literally doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense now that I'm an adult and I'm like, yeah, they were protecting us. But and you I get fought. That. 
I fought it even though I didn't want to even be out. I was like, I want to be asleep by eight, but I'm going to fight this because that's I know what's I want right. Equal- you wanted equality as a seven-year-old. I wanted equality as a child, and I didn't even give a shit about the actual like experience of equality <laughs> for myself because I literally loved being at home with my parents and not never. I didn't go out to parties when I was a kid. Oh my I god! I hated parties. I hated. I was sneaking out at nine. Yeah, I didn't do that. I was I was Drew Barrymore. I told that bitch what to do. I was sneaking into bed at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. I was a square. <laughs> but I'm glad hilarious. I was. I'm glad I was. I was sneaking into bed I at was nine. Sneaking into bed. That's really funny. I w- my mom's my mom wasn't really a feminist. I wouldn't consider her a feminist either. I mean she? she's she's you know I don't say was, like she's gone, she's still here. <laughs> but just our parents came from different a different era. You know, my Absolutely. mom was a farm girl. But I just this whole idea of feminism, I don't know I, I feel like the, the term is I love it. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I love it too. I'm all about. Do you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I feel. I mean, your behavior is is very feminist forward behavior. I feel like there's sarcasm. I remember, in that I remember statement. when we were in San Jose, you were like, "I'm not a feminist," and I was like, "Bitch, what?" I say, "Like you are." No, I am a feminist, but it's just I'm this kind of person that, you know, I I, I think there has to be equality. Be, be, Amongst all of us, not just I women. Mean, I mean, I, of course, that's 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 a no-brainer. But the problem is that we're not nowhere near it. We're not no, we're, we're not near it at all. But I, I also think like, you know, we had this conversation about Beyonce and, and her performance at the, I think it was the movie awards mm-hmm. when she was doing that whole striptease thing, and she had the big light installation behind her that said that feminism, said feminist, yeah, and she was in a thong thing and dancing on poles with her girls. To me, that kind of, even though it's owning. Uh, an objectification of women. I still feel like it's also objectifying women. I mean, I I, do, I don't disagree, but I also don't completely agree because it's also. I think the thing about feminism is so fascinating is as women we get to define what feminism is for us. That's and true. I think Beyonce's done that really well, considering what a traditional woman she actually is in her yes. w- in her life, being married to and the how one she's guy carried herself and how she's carried herself and how she's carried herself in the industry and wh- how she's regarded. She's regarded very highly. Right. So to be able to still do that, but but for me, it's, you know, some of that slips through the cracks and, it, and it's manipulated and then it's molded into something else. And I just wonder where it's like what what came first, the chicken or the egg sort of sort of scenario where it's like, well, first of all, feminism was I mean, it's just completely a separate thing that existed. I mean, in just the most recent, I mean, the last few eras, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, the 70s or something? The 60s? Yeah, it was like 60s. Because white feminism started when... The birth of mankind. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) White feminism is debated as starting when when black men were given voting rights and white women were like, oh, they get to vote, we don't get to vote. (laughs) And that's how, like, white feminism started. Is that how white women sounded? Oh, they get to vote. They're like, hey, I'm Bruce Jenner. What the hell? My name's Bruce Jenner. I'm Khloe Kardashian. How are you? And and so that's how white feminism started because they were just like, no, we're better than those others, those others. And then it just kind of got really me- messy. I mean, that's how it started. No, yeah, it was very, it was it's very messy. It's been very messy since the beginning because that's literally when it We're still trying started. to find our footing is what I, where I'm getting at. Which is fine. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that there, that we just need to be feminist and be the best type of feminist and always be saying. That's what it is for that me. we're proud to be feminist. Being the best type of feminist. Like, I don't know necessarily if. I, I guess here's my point. I think there might be a stronger way to get your point across being a feminist than 
taking the obvious route of getting on a pole on stage and owning it. I think but, it, that, but that it hits a very but general. Speaking, but historically speaking, a lot of women, that's some of the best way to make money. It's a great way to make money. And it, it's a big misconception that all strippers are, are dumb women. Yeah, I worked no, at a strip no. club for 12 hours. Wow, good for you. Not as a stripper, as a server. That was it? You only lasted 12 hours? I only lasted 12 hours because I just couldn't handle the, the, the reality of that. It's a, it's a tough business. Yeah. But... I learned a lot because these girls talk a lot, and, and I'd gals. say two-thirds of them were in medical school, like legitimate. Yeah. I mean, they got to pay for it. They got to pay for I it. I mean, here's the thing that is it's so fascinating about a lot of women is that they have to build from nothing, and sometimes you have to make these insane... I mean, Amber Rose is a great example of that. She is a great I example. I love her because she 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 started stripping at 15, which at, at Blanket, just a, that one statement seems awful. But it was because her and her mother were homeless. Her mom couldn't provide. It, it's it's it's, li- it's literally, thing. It's it's the same thing with where uh, where severe desperation. Yeah. What come? What is born from what that? What is born from that? And and what is born from that is doing whatever you can to survive. Yeah. And stripping is uh, is survival for a lot of these girls. It's and survival. we judge them for that. Yeah. And it's terrible. And and in it's a great. First of all, it's a great way to make money. You make cash money. Yeah. I mean, because you know, it's it's just funny. There's Going back to what you were saying about, you know, the twisting the, like, objectification of women. I mean, that's what's so empowering about it because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I know that you morons love to objectify women. So I'm going to not only allow it, but I'm going to milk you for all your worth. Yeah. So and I it's can, almost like flipping it in your so face. I can, so I can start something great for my family yeah. history and my family lineage. Because that's, that's what's funny. I mean, you think about someone like George Washington. Yeah, he was president, but we don't know the whole backstory. Yep. You don't know. His mother maybe was a, or his grand- She could have been gra- a stripper. His great-grandmother was a goddamn whore. We don't know. She could have been a troll. We don't have her story. We don't have her story. And it's like everybody has to come from money, but the money has to start at some point. And you have to get the money somehow. And it's like, I mean, that makes sense. You know, I, I, when you look at it from that angle, it's a different perspective. Like, okay, Beyonce is up there being a feminist, which I do believe she is a feminist. And yeah, she's done too. really great she's things done for really her. great things. You know, just for black chicks across the world oh and for women across the world yeah, and performers and in her artistry yeah, yeah. in her individuality but i i guess my initial gut feeling w- from that per- specific performance was this is kind of an obvious route but when you divulge into the the reality of that world a little bit the strippers you 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 realize that these girls you know they're just trying to make a dollar they're, they're trying, trying to survive to they're trying to survive they're trying to eat yeah and there's nothing there's nothing shameful in wanting to survive yeah and it's like it's not so much about them needing attention as it is about them just finding a loophole it's, it's also like uh, us as comics like what are we willing to do as performers for a dollar because i'm not willing to do a lot yeah and we're, st- we're still on a pole it's just we hold it differently exactly exactly so it's 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 a it's a great debate because also we're just as vulnerable. Some of those girls, they just take so, off their so clothes. Yes. Some of us just un un. We're taking we our clothes off emotionally. We take our our naked brain. Yes. And we allow it. I mean, it's it's just it's fascinating. It's it's we're sh- we're verbal strippers. We're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're stripper wordsmiths. <laughs> <laughs> just like strippers there i said it (laughs) we're very similar we're very similar i'm not judging anybody who's holding a pole and making money do yo thang oh my god
Idios Mio. Marcella Arguello, everybody. She is something else. She is a bitch. She is a bitch. You can see uh, Marcella open for me if you're in the New York City area and surrounding area at Levity Live in the Palisades Mall, April 24th, 25th, and 26th. That is the next gig I am doing. Uh, go to jessiemay.com for tickets for the formerly known as Mess America Tour. I think we're going with Jess America Tour. Somebody offered up the Bleaching Butthole Tour, which I like as well. But maybe that'll be next year when we see if the butthole actually does get bleached. Um, yeah, so that that was... Uh, <laughs> I keep talking about my butt, my bleached butthole. I apologize. But that's just, you know, it, it's it's real. It's real, guys. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do something else to my body. I don't know what else I can do that is that extreme, but... And maybe somebody can give me some advice about what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I need to use something better. Um, I do like to do horror movie recommendations because I love horror movies. Uh, I watched something so much fun with my friend Adam Ray... Uh, he, he doesn't normally watch these movies, so I always love when I turn people who aren't into that genre, I, when I turn them into it from watching something crazy and dumb. Uh, it was called Wolf Cop. It's on Netflix. It looks like a crappy movie by the poster, but it is so much fun. It's kind of like a campy horror movie. You, you, if you're into that genre, definitely watch it. The, the special effects are so fun they're so in your face um there would you actually see the wolfman transformation from a different perspective I don't want to give it away because I was so blown away by the camera angle let's just say imagine a wolfman dick like a werewolf dick what would that look like well this movie makes it so you, that you leave and you don't need to ask that question anymore uh, also what it would look like if somebody's face got ripped off. You don't need to ask that question. Well, you can ask it, but it's going to be answered. And maybe if you also had a question for me as to why I got into stand-up comedy, maybe because I have a tormented, demented sense of mentality because I watch these movies. But I love them. Wolf Cop, you have to see it. It is so much freaking fun. Um, I don't even know who directed it I'm horrible I probably should know that right now but you just have to see it Wolf Cop was amazing and also another one on Netflix Spring um it's a independent film and I think it's an independent film and it's also about this girl who kind of goes through this like metamorphosis like this creature metamorphosis it's kind of like a love story but also like a creature feature so much fun Actually, when I did At Midnight, Chris Hardwick asked me if I had seen it, and I had already seen it. So if you, you know, want more, uh, any more proof that it's a good movie, well, him and I co-sign. So check it out. Spring and Wolf Cop. Also, hello, Jurassic Park is coming out June 12th. You got to check the trailer. Uh, uh, what's his name? Christopher Pratt is going to be in it. I cannot fucking wait for Jurassic Park I 
loved that movie. I remember going to see that movie with my father, his first wife, Joan, their two daughters, Chris and Karen, who are my half-sisters, and Emily and I. We all went to the movies. We all hang out all the time. Uh, but th this is when Jurassic Park came out in, I think, 1993. I was a little, you know, I couldn't even understand half of what was going on, but I was so mesmerized by the special effects. And I remember one scene scared Joan so much. She was holding this bag of Whoppers. First of all, who the fuck gets a bag of Whoppers at the movies? She got a bag, not like a little teeny bag. It was one of those ones where you go and you scoop out the whopper, the candy on your own and you put it in the bag. This bitch filled it up to the brim. It was like a bag of popcorn size bag of whoppers. Anyway, she's holding it, eating them, and a scene came where a dinosaur's face popped onto the screen and she, the whoppers went flying everywhere. <laughs> oh, I just remember that moment because that movie was so scary. It even scared adults. But Jurassic Park is coming out June 12th, and I cannot wait to see that movie, especially with the special effects now and Christopher Pratt's awesome. So um, I have decided to do questions from you guys in the podcast because some of you, when I posted this on my Facebook fan page, which is Jesse May Peluso Comedian on Facebook, I'm very interactive on that. And I did a Q&A last week. I asked what questions would you peeps like answered on my podcast. And I was just going to, you know, not read the questions out loud. But it, you guys are crazy. Some of you are just out of your mind. Da Daniel Garcia asks, is this the Daniel that came to my show? Oh, no. Daniel Garcia, are you a real person? It doesn't look like you're a real person. I just looked at your photo on your homepage. Okay, well, Daniel Garcia asks, how are things with Stamos? Um, well, Stamos is not answering me. <laughs> He's got to know who I am. There's no way that Stamos doesn't know who I am. Like, we all know he knows. So why don't you ask him how things are going with me? Because he's fronting. He's really fronting. Um, Michael Fox asks, 69 or one at a time, LOL. Ugh, really? I mean, I, I don't, honestly, I'm going to answer this question because I need to put it out there. I think 69 is overrated. It is overrated. It's too much at once. Like, I don't, I want to, I want to be able to feel good. I don't want to have to work and feel good. Like, can we just stop and go a little bit here? I, and also it's a very vulnerable position to be in with somebody. I mean, I'd 69 with Stamos, but nobody else. I think it's, I don't know, that's some old school overachieving bullshit. I can't get down with the 69. So sorry, Michael Fox. Oh, you had a two-parter, two-part question. And how about your most and least favorite comedians, past or present? Well, I'm not going to say least favorite because I don't, I don't really, that, I don't know. I, I don't know about least favorite comedians. I mean, my favorite comedians, most of my favorite comedians are dead, unfortunately. I loved Bill Hicks, Sam Kinison, you know, as of recent passing aways, uh, Joan Rivers and Robin Williams. Those are two of my ultimate favorite comedians of all time uh, George Carlin I was lucky enough to grow up watching stand-up comedy when I was young so that's why most of the comedians that I really loved are have passed away 
because you know I, w- I was younger when I watched them but I love you know anybody who's doing it and, and really exposing themselves on stage and telling a story and speaking their truth I'm down with that I don't dislike any comedian it's a hard industry to get into unless you're a piece of shit like Ron White maybe he's my least favorite comedian <laughs> right now Ron White's my least favorite comedian um Michael Dion Martin Oh, excuse me. Do you own a yacht, Michael Dion Martin? He asks, who is your daddy and what does he do? Well, this is an awkward question because um, it sounds like you're asking in a sexual manner, who is your daddy? Um, and if you listen to my first podcast, you know who my daddy is. And what does he do? He loves me. So bam, he doesn't appreciate guys asking me who my daddy is in that fashion. <laughs> um. Paul Rastaman. Okay, Paul, there's no way that's your last name. You got to be kidding me. Mon. Oh my God, your profile picture is crazy. Did you make a necklace out of that tooth you got pulled out? (laughs) Yo, I should have made that a necklace. It would have looked like an Aborigines necklace had I done that. It was so gross. Uh, Had I known you would have wanted a necklace, I would have sent it to you, boo. Damn, that's a good that's a that's a good idea. Um Oh a girl, Ashley Russell Keg Kegel? Oh Kegley. Oh my god, I was like, girl, you have the best last name ever. Ashley Russell Kegley. I hope I'm saying your name right. Your profile picture is adorable of you and your baby. Do you think you'll have kids one day? Of course you ask that. Are you questioning are you are you doubting having your kid? Um I don't know if I'm gonna have kids one day. Right now, no. I may adopt a kid. I don't know if I want to give birth to one. I've seen too many horror, horrible situations dealing with natural birth, but I don't know if I want one. I don't know if that's my path, Ashley Russell Kegley. Can I borrow your kid for a day and see if I really want to commit to it? Let me know. Um, Manny Santana asks me, how large is Stamos? I mean, I don't know, Manny. How large are you? Why don't we get there first, and then we'll work to Stamos. Um, Patrick Polostro. You, you guys got some crazy fucking names. Patrick Polostro. Are you really from Syracuse? Is that something I would lie about, Patrick? Yes, I'm from Syracuse. I'm really from Syracuse. <laughs> Is your name really Patrick? Oh, my God. My uh, Another girl... Misa, Misa Gomes. Oh, I'm probably butchering your name. I'm sorry. You you said you're funny as hell. Do you intend to perform outside the U.S.? I'm a fan. Oh, you're sweet, boo. Where are you located? I don't see where you're located here. Um, I have performed in Norway, um, in in uh, a couple different cities, Oslo and Stavanger, in Norway. I've performed in Scotland, in London. But I do plan on doing more of that after I put my special together, um, my comedy special. Once I release that, then I'll, I'll do some more touring outside of the U.S. So I'll look for you. Victor Anthony Chavez says, will you marry me? I don't believe in marriage. And your profile picture is very creepy. Oh, wait, no. it's it, Oh, yeah, it's very creepy. You got to change that profile picture and then ask me the question again. Um... Nicholas Genesis. Nicholas M. Genesis. Have you ever had a drink of Bill Cosby? 
so funny. You said, have you ever had a drink with Bill Cosby? And then your second question is, what's up with all these hot female teachers having sex with students? And where were they when I was 16? That is so weird because in this, if you listened, Nicholas, um, and everyone who else is still listening, we talked about Bill Cosby and teachers having sex with their students in the interview. <laughs> oh, that's really, really funny that you asked that. Um, besides bleaching your butthole, what else do you plan on changing? Um, maybe labiaplasty, if my labias get a little out of control. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm never going to chop into that. Leave your butterflies alone, ladies. Don't get into those. You're, just bleach your buttholes. Um, let's see. I'll do a couple more here. Um, somebody says, when are you going to visit Hawaii? Your name is Robert Rhodes. Um, when you buy me a plane ticket, you son of a bitch. How about that? Michael Tubiak with the scariest yet cutest profile picture of you and your son, says, would you like to pose for Playboy? Are you asking me to pose for Playboy? Are you asking me if I would pose for Playboy? If you're asking me if you're going to take the picture, sure. Um, no, I probably would never pose for Playboy. Um, you know, I've got enough stuff in my iCloud to worry about than Playboy. So, no, no Playboy for me. That's just like, come on. There's enough tits and ass out in the world. Mine, I would just superimpose my head on, on to uh, <laughs> Amber Rose's body. That's what I would do. I'm not gonna put my shit out there. I'm gonna do what what Julie Roberts did on the cover of the Pretty Woman poster. She just superimposed her head on somebody else's body. Um, okay, one last one here. Robert Lane. What kind of porn is Bigfoot into? Robert, can you stop dropping acid and asking questions on Facebook? Or are you Bigfoot? In that case, you can answer your own question, Robert. I'm going to guess you're into Bigfoot porn. That would be a good genre. Somebody needs to create Bigfoot porn. I would get into porn more if there were like horror movie themes going on. Um... Yeah, so you guys send me your questions. Sharp Tongue Podcast at Gmail. Um, I am going to read them and answer them on the podcast. Uh, and you can send them to my Facebook page too, my fan page. I'll, I'll read whatever questions you guys post, as you can see. I will go through it and try and answer as honestly as possible. So no 69 for anybody. Nobody do 69. That's too much. What are we trying to prove here? Are you a fucking sex acrobat? Everybody just calm down with the sexual acrobats, sexual acrobatics. Everyone just calm down with the sexual acrobatics. Okay? Okay? Um, check me out, jessiemay.com, the Jess America Tour. I will be in Palisades in New York, the Palisades Mall, West Nyack, New York, at Levity Live, April 24th, 25th, and 26th with Marcella Arguello. The double L makes the Y sound. Um, and I'm going to leave you with another fun voicemail from my father. I love you. No, I really do. I don't want to say it first. You say it first. No, I don't want to say it first. I appreciate you guys listening. Again, I am going to play you a voicemail from my father. 
He told me that he let out a quote-unquote bananas foster's fart on his cat. How much fun is that? Here's Joe Peluso, everybody. Real classy stuff here on the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Love ya. You're probably in bed. Maybe you're asleep. I don't know. But I just, I had the cat in bed with me. And I just, I blew away. But in the fourth part, it was so bad. The cat and I had to leave the bed. <laughs> he jumped off the bed. It was so bad. <laughs> your daughter, your father's sick. <laughs> we flawless. Ladies, tell them I woke up like this. I woke up like this. We flawless. Ladies, tell them say.